This is the Create Love, Create Freedom podcast. My name is Allison Fisher, and on today's episode, we are going to be discussing how to raise children to have secure attachment. So a couple of episodes ago, we discussed how we develop the different, the four different attachment styles. Um, three of those are insecure attachment styles, and one was, of course, secure attachment. And I want to go over that a little bit before we dive into a few um, thoughts I have on how to raise children to have secure attachment so that they don't struggle maybe with the same insecurities that we did as children. And they are able to, you know, have another great start at life. Um, certainly, you know, nutrition and access to good health care and access to good education is really important. Um, but I've also found that, you know, when we set our children up for success, it also means setting them up for success emotionally, um, as well as psychologically. So how do we develop secure attachment? Um, and this is, you know, either your parents to you or you to your own children. Um, so much of it starts with you. Um, even if you were insecurely attached as a child, um, it's really how you're working on it, right? Um, being aware of your, you know, your responses, how you show up for your child, how you hold space for your child and their emotions. Um, will get you a long way to making sure that your child doesn't have to do maybe the same amount of work that you have um, to become secure. So in childhood, we develop secure attachment when our parent was open, they were very predictable, and they had really consistent responses. Um, our parent had clear boundaries and honored and respected our boundaries as children. As a child, we felt safe and comfortable expressing ourselves and our feelings. We worked through conflict, um, either conflict we had with a sibling or a parent or um, a friend, another child at school. And we had clear communication um, that was modeled in our childhood homes right? That was, that was something that our parents showed us and they also expected from us. Our parent was emotionally resilient. I like to think about this in terms of the fact that we all can struggle with some limiting beliefs sometimes, uh, stories that we create based upon our experiences. But someone with secure attachment is really someone who learns how to create a positive belief in the place of a limiting belief. They learn how to change the story. And therefore, when hard situations come along, um, they are then able to be much more resilient in their responses. And therefore, their lives feel more secure to them because they're not, they're not constantly going to that place of insecurity. And lastly, our parents stayed connected to us in conflict, and they also didn't try to shame us. So that's really how we develop 
or developed secure attachment as children and the ways that we can act as parents in order to develop secure attachment for our children. And so I just want to break these down a little bit. I have um, kind of five ideas that go very uh, hand in hand with what I've uh, just talked about, but are more focused on your interactions with your child. So I think one of the first things is really all feelings are allowed, not just comfortable feelings. So when we allow our children to feel and express all of their feelings, rather than telling them, you know, um, to stop doing that, I think it gives them a greater emotional range, right? They're not taught to push down feelings. They are taught to express them. And we can also teach them how to express that in a very um, healthy, but also respectful way. Um, But they're also learning that they don't have to shield their feelings either from us because we're not capable of handling them or they're not having to shield their feelings as they grow and mature and become adults in their future relationships with um, boyfriends, girlfriends, spouses, and with their own children. Again, part of the the reason that we do trauma work, we work on our, our wounds. The reason we work on our insecure attachment is so that we break the generational cycle, right? We don't want to pass these things down. And so one of the ways that we we raise resilient, securely attached children is by allowing them their full range of feelings rather than just the comfortable ones. Another thing is that you want to be a model for how to securely process emotions in a healthy way for your child. You want to model that as their parent. So how do we mindfully deal with our own difficult emotions? Um, The first thing is definitely turn toward your emotion with acceptance. Become aware of the emotion and identify where you sense it in your body. When we accept that we have these emotions, right? We're not pushing them down. We're also allowing all of our feelings and our emotions, not just the comfortable ones. Um, Another, the kind of the second thing is identify and label the emotion, you know, to stay mindful, right? Um, To, to process this difficult emotion, say to yourself, this is anger, this is anxiety, this is how I'm feeling right now. And, And really kind of give it a label. This is some fear, right? A fear of rejection, a fear of abandonment. Ooh, I feel it popping up. Then it is accepting your emotions. We can't deny them. We have to accept emotions. And we have to acknowledge and accept that that emotion is there. It is present in this moment for us. Then we have to realize the impermanence of our emotions. Even if the emotion feels overwhelming, remember that it will pass. And this is something I think really great to pass on to your children, right? Modeling for them how to securely process their emotions in a healthy way is 
reminding them that, you know, mom or dad feels this way right now. Um, but we're going to feel differently in a little bit. This is, this emotion is impermanent. And, um, I always kind of say it this way, which is, I am not everything I think, and I am not everything that I feel. I can think the things and I can feel the things, but then I can work on letting them go. Um, another way to deal with your own difficult emotions and model that for your child is to inquire and investigate. You know, what triggered me? Why do I feel this way? What are ways that I can process this? Maybe it's sadness. A friend and I were talking yesterday and she was just feeling really sad. Um, she had gone through a divorce and her husband, it turns out, was a covert narcissist and she was rereading a book or reading a book on covert narcissism. And she said, it's just, it's been really helpful. She goes, but it's also made her really sad. And, you know, really knowing that, knowing where that comes from, right? That sadness is going to be there, but we can process through it. We can kind of understand what triggered us. Um, why we feel this way. And then also, what can we do to alleviate maybe some of that for a little bit and process it in a good way? And sometimes some of that is play. And especially if we have children, what better way, right, um, than to play with our kids. And then the last way to um, for us to model how to securely process our emotions in a healthy way is to let go of the need to control your emotions. Be open to the outcome of your emotions and what unfolds. Emotions aren't good or bad. They simply are, right? And so if we, if we let go of them, if we let go of the need to control them, if we let go of the need for the outcome to be what we think it should be, um, this is kind of a process of surrendering. And I think that that also very much helps us process through our emotions, especially the difficult ones, and let them go because they are impermanent. So, <clears throat> excuse me, getting back to raising children that have a secure attachment, we as parents want to demonstrate healthy communication. So that means expressing your curiosity, um, specifying your needs, right? And, and, do, and modeling so if you are in a partnership or in a, a marriage, right? You're also modeling that to your spouse. These are what some of my needs are. Um, making sure that you're also meeting some of your own needs and that you are fulfilling some of those needs so that your children also understands that as they become a parent, yes, there are aspects of themselves where they are continuously giving, right? And serving. But yet at the same time, that doesn't mean that their, their needs aren't valid as well. And then also really demonstrating taking personal ownership and responsibility. 
Um, I think it's so important in our partnerships, in our marriages, in our relationships, and in our parenting that we model, we show how to take personal responsibility and we do so. Um, Mistakes happen, but when we own them, when we allow others, when when we verbalize, oh yeah, that was my mistake. I... I reacted in a way I should not have, or I reacted in a way that was, um, you know, from a place of fear and that was hurtful to you. So when we take responsibility, I think that that's really important. And also, you know, not being afraid to apologize to our children. Um, I, I don't think that that means that you've lost your power with them at all. I think, in fact, they can appreciate from time to time when you say, I apologize. I uh, should have been more attentive to your needs in that moment. Let me try to do so now. And I think that, you know, you want your kids to respect you, um, not fear you, not fear their own emotions. And in order for your children to respect you, these, uh, you know, things like healthy communication, curiosity, specifying your needs, and taking personal ownership and responsibility are how you do that. Um, Evaluate your children's misbehavior. So I think sometimes, you know, again, it's a generational thing a lot of the parenting style that we have learned has come from our own parents. And so, you know, if your child is pushing back on something um, because they think a rule is stupid, ask yourself first if the rule really is stupid. Because sometimes I think as parents, we have rules or we have guidelines, um, procedures that are followed. And why is it there? Maybe we need to evaluate that. Is it useful? Is it helpful to the child? Or was it just something that our parents passed on to us? Um, But I think that the other thing when you're evaluating your child's misbehavior is to know that in this misbehavior, there is a bid of, uh, for, I should say, a bid for contact and connection that your child is desiring from you. Sometimes we can all kind of push away. I know certainly as a woman um, with partners in the past, sometimes um, I'm stubborn and I try to push them away. But what I really need is for them to hug me or hold me or draw me closer because what I really want is a bid for uh, contact, a bid for connection, and a bid to be understood. And so many times... I think misbehavior is exactly that with our children. Um, And then lastly, I think it's deeply important to realize that your children are going to have to live their own lives. They're going to have to become adults. The whole point of parenting is to create not just independent children, I don't think, but I think it's to create interdependent children, children who can learn to depend on the right people in their life, but yet they can also be independent and go after what they want. And I think it's also important that you realize that 
they have their own souls, their own identities, their own beliefs, their own personalities, just like you do. And it's important to not protect them from everything, not protect them from the hard things, from the difficult feelings, from the difficult emotions. And I think it's really wonderful to let them be a little insecure, but also to model and show them how to move towards being secure in who they are. We're all insecure as we develop uh, through childhood into middle school and high school and into adulthood, right? We all have insecurities. That's part of the process of growing up. And so really realize and understand that your child is going to be insecure sometimes. And that's actually not a bad thing at all. That's a very natural and normal thing. So as I said, these were just a few ideas um, that have come up for me um, when I think about raising children who are securely attached, um, especially if you and your spouse or you and your partner or you and the child's parent or other parent, I should say, um, are really working on yourselves and in modeling these things. Um, I, I think that this goes a long way to to develop that secure attachment within yourself and to respond in really positive ways, um, ways that allow connection, um, allow communication, and really let them grow and develop into the adults that you want them to be. Uh, so just some thoughts. Um, right now in our members club, we have... Uh, we are offering um, a deep dive into secure attachment as well as disorganized attachment. And we have a workbook for you there and multiple videos to really dive deep into that topic. Last month, we were also discussing anxious and avoidant attachment styles. So if that is in interesting to you and you want to dive deeper into that, um, please go to Create Love Freedom. .podia.com. That's our website. And you can um, find our members club there. You can also go to Instagram and um, which is at create love freedom. And you can also click on the link in our bio. So if you want to not only develop yourself as a, as a person, as a parent, um, as a, a spouse or a partner, um, or even as a single person, um, and you'd like to have children in the future. Um, this is a really great opportunity to dive into uh, attachment styles, and then also continue to kind of um, build your arsenal, um, put more, uh, you know, have more quivers um, in your arsenal so that you can help raise uh, secure children in the future. Until next time.